Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. Uh, my name is Colin Detmar. I write for uh, ScanlineMedia.com and with me is a good friend of mine. Hello, my name is Jon Eniska. I do YouTube content mostly for Score Attack, which is available at a very long YouTube URL because we haven't gotten the custom URL yet because we are stupid. Anyway, links will be in descriptions and stuff, so you yeah. whenever, wherever you find it, you can go to the specific pages. Mm-hmm. So, the two of us play a lot of Dota 2. Uh, I am a relatively late comer. I think at this point, I'm at around a year of, of solid play. Like, I poked at it a couple of times, but it's been a year since I started playing in earnest. Uh, whereas Johnny is an old man and has played Dota 1 back when the game sucked. So Back when the game sucked, exactly. No, yeah, I've been playing the game for quite a while, since... Shortly after Icefrog took over development of the original mod. Hmm. So you've seen a lot of shit come and go, actually. I mean, I was around when they introduced Puck. And <laughs> that was a huge change in the game, just like as a sneak peek of the directions that the game was going in in terms of hero design. So uh, we're not um, we're not experts on anything. I don't think either of us... We're experts at losing. <laughs> we play enough Dota to have a lot of opinions, and I feel like we have a decent amount of knowledge in general, but we are not highly skilled, and if you're coming here to get, you know, to get good, you know, road to 7k, we're not going to be much help along that way. But, uh, you know, we're going to try and have interesting conversations about the game that we both play way too much of. Yeah. With that, with that in mind, I would like to open with a conversation... Uh, sort of a, a more extended proper version of a conversation we had a little while ago about a hero that I like a lot but can never really excuse playing, which is Spirit Breaker. First, my first question, I guess, Johnny, is you played Dota 1. Yes. Has Spirit Breaker ever been good? I mean, he was great at pub stomping. I mean, okay, so Dota 1, for those not aware, was played as a custom map in Warcraft 3, which, you, you know, involved just someone d downloading the map and hosting it on the custom games server on Warcraft 3, and just people would join. Oftentimes, one to two players in the game would have never played the game before. That's that's the skill level uh, level we're talking about here. So like there the, there was no sense of balance at all. So you could easily pick something like uh, a spirit breaker and just destroy people. I had a I have had matches uh, in classic Dota where I would pick spirit breaker, just get mask of madness and demolish everyone by just perma stunning them. Yeah, but it's just like. And they would just clump up in melee range and let me do it because, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not convinced that he ever was that good in competitive. I'm sure he like he's gotten worse since mobility is such a big deal nowadays. Everyone has. Everyone gets four staffs and blink daggers all over the team and stuff. 
Well, it's not really that he's gotten worse. I mean, like, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I've noticed a lot of nerfs to him. It's just sort of like he's gotten left behind. Yeah, that he's gotten worse as a consequence of just everything else changing around him. I don't think his numbers have changed much in years. And I mean, I don't think I don't think changing his numbers. I mean, I guess you could buff him to the point where he was just gross, and then he would be effective. But at a at a basic level, his concept just doesn't seem to work very well. It's I think it's very awkward within the current game. So I mean, I I think you will agree that at least on a sort of a visual and personality, sort of a presentation perspective, he's a cool character. I think he's a decently cool character. I mean, I think the idea of having a character that just like can always appear out of nowhere charging in is cool. I just don't know that he fills a niche in doing that that, for example, Nature's Prophet doesn't already do. Well, that's exactly the thing. Like, how do you think you make this character, I would say, viable again, but I, maybe I should just say viable? I don't know, like, I think back to Heroes of New Earth, and the thing they did there was just give him, basically, Batrider's ultimate. Oh, Jesus. When they redesigned him. Could he use that in combination with Charge? I don't think so. Okay, because that, be, that would be hilarious. He would run in fast and just stun people and bring someone back out with him. Hmm. And that was decently okay. He he became like a core, core a hard support at that point, which was weird. But it was better than that character was in Heroes of New Earth before that point. And that's a way to do it. But the problem being that Dota already has bad writer. <laughs> yeah, and I feel I feel like the problem that he has, I mean, he has a lot of little problems and some bigger problems too. But like, so. His role is that he's supposed to be sort of a pickoff ganker, and there are characters that are like are probably better at it than him. And then when it comes to every other setting, he is just terrible. Like he's awful at pushing. He is awful at team fighting. Unless you get an agonims for your ult, you have literally no way to AoE. Well, I mean, you don't even have to be good at AoEing to team fight well. But he doesn't deal enough damage. He doesn't disable enough. Well, and like the bash is as and team fights, it feels like it's more a curse than a blessing. Because like, even if you've got really fast attack speed, you have to go through that full animation of the bash and then them flying backwards and then the landing and him sort of reeling his fist back. And that like in a team fight, that takes forever. Yeah, I mean, I think the mo the main value he brings to a team fight is being able to chase after anyone who tries to get away, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, Nether Strike is, as a player who plays a lot of support, I fucking hate Nether Strike <laughs> because <laughs> it's always like, the, okay, this is going to be use useless against anyone who is still in the fight. But as soon as I'm on low health and need to back out, Nether Strike just kills me. Yeah. And then he goes, Spirit Breaker goes back to not really doing a lot. I don't know, he seems like he's a decent hero when you're already winning, but he won't actually help you get to that position. Really. I feel like the two changes that could that could make him more viable, I mean, first, I think his Aghanims, like, maybe you need to scale the numbers differently, but I think the Aghanims doing an AoE bash needs to be baseline. 
I think it's not an Aghanim's upgrade. I think that it needs to be just how the ult works. And the other is that I think you need to be able to charge to a friendly target and thus buff them or do some kind of helpful thing to them. Yeah, I don't know. To me, like, I, I just look at him and he just screams to me, like, slow. Despite his extremely high movement speed when he does have charge, everything he does ha seems so, like, it takes so long. Yeah. It's a really weird... I mean, I don't... I'm not going to suggest... A t I think he probably needs a total revamp in the, in the... Well, not a total revamp, but a very major revamp in the manner of Bloodseeker or Phantom Lancer. But I am not in a position to say, and here are the four abilities that I would give him and how I would tweak them. Like, assuming that you are not going to change his entire toolkit, I mean, how do you fix it? Yeah, like, I... I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea, really. I feel like if you did revamp him, Charge of Darkness is literally the only thing you keep. I think I agree. I think Charge of Darkness is a good ability, but he doesn't have anything to back it up. Except for nether striking people who uh, have already started to flee. Yeah. And it's also, uh, like, uh, like playing against a sniper. I guess I guess not as much now, back since they made the headshot change. But I remember playing Spirit Breaker against a sniper, and I was better than the sniper. Like, because he was awful. I'm not very good. He was awful. Um, but, you know, I charged into a fight and I killed the support that was with him and I turned to him and I started another strike and then he headshotted me and it canceled it. I tried another one and he headshotted me and just over and over, I couldn't get the move off. And it's like, okay, well, I just have no answer to this situation. Yeah, that seems like that. Honestly, I felt like that about a lot of hairs against Sniper one-on-one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. That, that headshot change was... So necessary, and he's still... He's still super powerful. He still probably needs a nerf. I mean, I'm, well, okay, not necessarily needs, but it would not be a bad idea. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's still, like... I think a bigger problem with Sniper than, like, oh, he's too powerful is that, like, the thing he does when he's effective is he just stands there and shoots things. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I... I made a thread on Dota, the Dota 2 Reddit with a very neat idea for Aghanims, but even with that idea of mine, which basically that my idea was that he would be able to give a teammate a buff that let that let him aim his ultimate within an AoE of him or them. Basically, like they would... It's kind of hard to... I guess it sounds weird describing it, but basically he would be able to use the range around him or the range around the person he'd given this buff to to aim his ultimate to give him more of a presence. But that doesn't actually fix the problem. That provides an alternate way to play Sniper. But if you're playing Sniper the way he's played now, there's no way you waste the slot on that Aghanims. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, like... It would have to deal a lot of damage to make that viable. And if it starts dealing a lot of damage, then you go like, well, hang on, this is a, you know, like a how much damage on a 10 second cooldown. And then it's just like, okay, well, you just gave him a really gross buff. Like, I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't solve anything. Yeah. Well, heroes we can't fix. Let's talk about a hero that recently was fixed. Uh, 
debatably. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Phantom Lancer is now in uh, captain's mode. Um, and as of since the patch, um, I guess I haven't checked the latest numbers, but as of like a day or two ago, he was at a 60% win rate out of, I think, 50 games. So that's about, that's, you know, my math is amazing. That's about 30 wins. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's less than I feared when they announced that they would put him into captain's mode. It's less than I feared um, because I feel like, well, okay, when, when Phantom Lancer revamp first happened, I was the most, like, I I was the biggest crybaby about it, frankly. Like, I was the most, like, there's nothing you can do against this guy. He's going to destroy your entire team. It's just, he's insane. And I do feel like he's too good because, like, the thing about Phantom Lancer is he is an incredibly hard carry, like, very late game. He gets very strong. But also, he doesn't exactly have a bad early game anymore. Like, it's not incredible, but he totally, like, his Q is a pretty good nuke with a little bit of assistance. His uh, W is an amazing tool for jukes and for dodging big spells. Like, even before he gets a ridiculous amount of farm, he is a threat. And I feel like Old Phantom Lancer was not a threat until he got farm. Yeah, I mean, Old Phantom Lancer didn't need that much farm to start being a threat, but the current one is like... He feels more survivable, more, and he has more early damage output. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that like the one nerf to him is that he no longer can just have his illusions proc infinite more illusions. Which is the like that was that is a fantastic change. That was so fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. Lancer has always been gross. They just change in what way he is gross now. And I like I think I I think old Phantom Lancer was a bad character. You you can disagree if you want, but that's that's how I felt. And this new Phantom Lancer design, I have questions about how balanced it is, but I think it's a cool design. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, Phantom Lancer is one of those characters that up until the recent change, I don't think he had received any major changes since when I started playing basically. Yeah. I mean, the two things I would change personally, um, one is actually, I guess, kind of a buff. Um, his Phantom Rush uh, on E, uh, I would make that a toggle, because currently, like, if you, like, if you, you know, try and fake out with a last hit or something, F- Phantom Lancer will start the rush, and then you cancel it, and it goes on cooldown, and you don't have it for however long. And I think that kind of sucks. I think you should be able to toggle it off if you want to do little fake outs. Or draw creep aggro. The thing that makes that ability awkward for me is that I played quite a bit of StarCraft 2 when that was new. And, well, I fell off that eventually, oh. but... Oh, it's just Zealot Rush. I never made Zealot that connection. Rush. And the Zealot Rush uh, activates on attack moves as well. Huh. So w- if you attack move and you get within a uh, uh, charge range of a target, it, the Zealot Rush for it. I mean, but I mean, like... So I'm like, uh, it's just intuitively I expect it to work that way every time I pick him, and it takes a few tries before I go, oh right, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just think that that interaction felt really good in StarCraft 2, and I'm sad that it isn't in Dota. Which yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would didn't... also be a bit of a buff. 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think there's no way to change that ability in, in ways that we would like without making it a slight buff. But like that's Phantom Rush is not the problem. <laughs> no. Um, the thing that I would change that I think people like viewers, okay, listeners at home, I think this is a change that it's quite possible you will think is stupid. But hear me out. I think if you have detection on Phantom Lancer, you should be able to tell illusions from the real one. Because he makes so many, unless you have a shit ton of AoE, you are just helpless to stop him. So, further question. Do you think this should be, this is just for Phantom Lancer, or would you like to have this mechanic to be a global thing? I would consider it for other characters, but the, uh, uh, balance repercussions could be massive so i would at least start out with just phantom lancer and then i would maybe extend some testing to other characters but like take for example terror blade terror blade who creates one illusion <laughs> terror <right>? blade <laughs> shut up <laughs> terror blade would be completely screwed by that change he would that's be completely true. screwed and that's, that's like and i don't i don't feel like he needs that you know Terrorblade is a cool fucking character. Let's not screw Terrorblade. Terrorblade's combat design is cool as shit. His lore is the dumbest goddamn... Okay, I didn't know if we were going to get into this on this podcast, but I know a lot about Dota lore, and Terrorblade is the fucking... He is not the <laughs> dumbest. I wish he was the dumbest. <laughs> Terrorblade is a demon from hell who was so bad that he got sent to double hell and then he was so bad in double hell that he became the master of double hell and everyone else in double hell just thinks he's so fucking cool he is the dumbest goddamn hero <laughs> what the fuck let's not talk about sniper <laughs> god damn it mm. I'm just I'm just thinking about that, that stupid you know you know the video I'm thinking about. I do, I do. <laughs> Helen back. <laughs> Helen um, back indeed. But back back on topic, I mean so that change for Phantom Lancer. How do you feel about that suggestion? I mean I think the problem with it is that it would make his illusions like inherently different from other illusions and one of the cool th illusions are pretty consistent in this game as it is mm -hmm. and I, I don't like moving away from that well I mean like it like Slark has his super stealth which works different from everybody else's stealth in the game yeah why would couldn't Phantom Lancer, a character who has these, like he has the best illusions in the game? Can we say that he his implementation of illusions is the most potent? Yes. So, wouldn't it be fair in that case to say, like, well, maybe it works a little differently as a repercussion for how fucking good they are? Maybe, but also like the thing with Slark's self is that. It's visually very different from every other stealth as well. Like the the visual effect clues you in clues you in that this isn't just stealth. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to say this definitively because I don't actually know for sure. 
but off the top of my head, the visual effects for everyone else in the game creating illusions, including Manta style, is like a sort of like a blurring effect. Whereas Phantom Lancer like manifests from clouds of sand. I don't think that's enough though. Yeah, you're probably right. That like if you could find a way to solve that problem, the the confusion between what's the difference between a Phantom Lancer illusion and a regular illusion also what happens if phantom lancer picks up an illusion rune <laughs> or a uh, uh, fucking manta style which yeah. is not not unheard of on that guy but probably should be like just thematic, like just as an id i don't think that should be good <laughs> yeah you know uh he has a he has a really great line if he picks up an illusion rune. Like, you pick it up, and there's a momentary beat, and then he says, because at this point, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I, I see your point, and I, I do think one of the things that makes Dota great is that it is, like, when there is a difference, it is clear that there is a difference and why there is a difference. It's yeah. very consistent. Yeah. Th- though I bet a bunch of people would jump on us for saying that. People I mean, who, who don't really yeah. know the game too well. but Well, or people who know the game too well and are like, yeah, but why does Mana Style have different cooldowns between ranged and melee? That's not consistent. And no. No, it's no, not. it's really not. But... <laughs> <sighs> and also, why can't Slardar or Faceless Void build a basher? And why... Well, I was going to say, why can't Pudge buy a Blink Dagger? But that actually got fixed before I even started playing the game. So what am I talking about? I I have heard various explanations for that. Usually one of... uh, Either that it's a bug, or that it was a bug in the Warcraft 3 version, or that they just thought it would be too good. Wait, you mean the Pudge one? Yeah. The Pudge one is a bug. Yeah. The Pudge one, if you hooked and then blinked, I think right as it hit in Dota 1, it would crash. Oh. So they took that out. And then when they ported it to Dota 2, it's one of those things where they were just faithful with the interaction. Man, I'm so sad that they took out uh, took out uh, the fountain hook. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, I mean, I don't care if it's too good. Do something to make it harder. It's just so spectacular when they get it. I don't know, it's kind of, it also is kind of magical, though, just having it be this, like, this moment in time where it, I mean, I won't go as far as to say it won a tournament, but it was a major factor in the progression of a tournament, and now it's just gone, and it's this magical moment in time. No, I don't, I don't like that. I don't think, no, I, I, I think it's great to have it, I think that's one of the greatest just single moments in time in spect- Dota spectate uh, Dota esports. Just when teams figured out how to do that semi reliably. I mean, and that's I don't necessarily disagree. But unlike a lot of other things in this game, there are no like maybe I guess I could be of course I could be wrong. But to my knowledge, there's really just no good counter to that. Like, there's no reasonable way to expect someone to overcome that. It is just amazingly good. If you get it right, if you are practiced enough between the Chen and the Pudge, the other team is just kind of fucked. Well, I mean, that's sort of the case anytime you get hooked, really. A well-set-up hook, you don't get out. But it's... 
I disagree. I mean, I think, like, if you're saying, like, well, people playing well will beat people not playing as well, then yes, sure. But there is such a minimal, like, it is one moment. It is you cast a buff on a person and then you time the hook perfectly, and that is all there is, and the person is dead. That is all there is to it. Unless, I guess, they have a ghost scepter, but then you're extra fucked because Pudge probably has dismember, and that's going to hit, like, a truck. And um, rot. And everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Hook would be on cooldown. But, like, I feel like the there is a level of skill and coordination necessary to do it, but the level of skill and coordination necessary compared to the output and how hard it is to counter was just ridiculous. It was really cool. I am glad they didn't patch it before that, so we got that moment. I am glad it is now gone. I don't know. I don't know, I think that's like one of the most amazing things that's ever happened in Dota. And I want it back in a balanced form. I mean, it's one of the most amazing things that's happened in Dota, but how much, how amazing would it be if it was every third game? But it wouldn't be every third game. Yeah, there'd be a lot more pick bans, but, you know. <sighs> well, we're not going to agree on that subject. <laughs> so, Well, I mean... I- I do agree that it was too good, and I wouldn't want it back as it was. I want I want them to fix it and then bring it back. Hmm. Maybe they're working on it right now. Maybe they're burning the midnight oil. They're like, we need to bring it back, but we need to find a way to. We make need it to fair. bring back the founded hook. I doubt it. I I think Guys Frog has honestly smarter priorities than I do. What if when Pudge got his agonims? He also gained control of the fountain, and the fountain had a hook ability that had global range. No. <laughs> I mean, you'd still have to skill shot it. <laughs> There's absolutely zero chance you'd hit your target. That would be really fucking hard, considering all the new dragon creep camps and stuff. Exactly. It'd be really funny. <laughs> It'd be really pointless, be in fact. It's the dumbest thing. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> We have already established ourselves as the dumbest Dota podcast on the internet. We're 27 minutes into the first episode. Well done. Ah. Well, you just proved yourself dumb because we're 27 minutes into recording. But I bet the actual podcast is on like minute 26. <laughs> uh, this is the dumbest conversation. Let's move on. Um, so before I played Dota, I played some League of Legends. Um, and I cannot go back to that game. It is slow. It is... I have a lot of problems with that game. I mean, but, if, if we're to talk about League of Legends, there is no way for me to not be insulting about it. I am just doing this as a lead-in. Okay. So let me let me make this transition way less smooth by mentioning that it is a transition. <laughs> um, there is it, you know, like a lot of characters between MOBAs, you know, there's overlap. There is a character that is very much like, I guess I would say a mix between Spectre and Night Stalker. Um, I think her Nocturne, my memory is a little off. But um, basically Nocturne has uh, Night Stalker's ultimate, only there is a change. When you hit the button, it's very short, um, but during the time frame enemies no longer have shared vision. I think this would be fucking amazing for the first, like, ten seconds of a Night Stalker's Agonims. 
Man, I don't even know if I want that for specifically Night Stalker. I want that to be in Dota in some form, though. Right? It's so Like, it was fucking terrifying. Uh, like, it would be so OP on Night Stalker. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I just... I I mean, like, as, as long as you make it short enough. I mean, Night Stalker... You could do you a know, lot with 10 seconds of a suddenly no team vision. I chose the number 10 quite randomly. You could do any number, but like, I mean, yes, you could do a lot with a few, with a little bit of no shared vision, but that's kind of the point, right? Like, I, I if feel, it's agonims, it should be good, right? <laughs> I feel like that ability would have to be like, it would have to do only that. You would have to hair, a hero who's ultimated only that. Sort of like um, Mirana's ultimate. It stouts the entire team, but it does only that. Hmm. I mean, the current Night Stalker Aghanims just gives you, like, unobstructed night vision. And, and that's it. In- and make... You know, yeah, well, the Aghanims, yeah. Maybe the Aghanims uh, upgrade on uh, Night Stalker isn't good enough to justify it. But you also can put that on there, because Night Stalker is already so good. Night Stalker's not that. I mean, he's not bad. He's I'm solid. not saying he's bad. And that would, he's solid. That would bring him into insane levels, I think. I mean, the thing you always have to consider about Aghanims on carries is they are giving up a slot for a pretty expensive item. Yeah. That stat-wise is not worth it to them. Is support Night Stalker a thing that would ever happen in a serious game? If we added that Aghanims? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it would. But I feel like that would just result in semi-carry, like him specializing into a ganker semi-carry role and hmm. doing that. Night Stalker mid. Seen it before. Warcraft 3 Dota. Shit was weird. I mean, the shit you saw in Warcraft 3 Dota. I swear to God. I bet you saw Techies mid. Yes. God damn it. That was not uncommon at all. <sighs> <laughs> man oh, can't man. last hit for shit the, well, the, the shit the you man, saw in Warcraft 3 Dota is just like Ven- Vengeful was more commonly played as a carry than as a support I really like the like I've always liked the idea of swap as a carry ultimate because as a support ultimate it's like this, you know, selfless sacrifice. And as a carry ultimate, it's like, you, die for me. It's really funny. <laughs> I think that would make people very angry. Angry. <laughs> you know, I think that's a, a proud tradition in this game of ours. I, I don't think adding more mechanics specifically to make people angrier is the right path here, Colin. Maybe not, but it would be pretty funny. <sighs> yeah, like I, 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 I really want that. Like, no team vision thing, but like I, I... it's just maybe. too good on Night Stalker. Like m- m- maybe, but hmm. I mean, like if you did it, like, so I told you that Nocturne is. Like, as I recall, basically a combination of Night Stalker and Spectre. Yeah. If you gave it to Spectre's ultimate, that would be insanely broken. <laughs> that would be beyond all fucking... No. 
that, that would, like, okay. I, Spectre would just become the best carry in the game, period. Probably, yeah. What if you gave it to PL? <laughs> no, it was being uh, stupid again. Yeah, well, no surprise there. <sighs> so, I guess that's all the topics I really had prepared. Um, I don't know, where do you feel like you're at with your Dota game these days, man? I'm on tilt, <laughs> to be honest. You've seen it. You've seen it yeah. so much. I've been so on tilt lately. It's horrendous. It's the yeah. worst. I, like, when I started out, I thought I was going to be sort of a mid-player slash initiator type. And I certainly like that role in the game. But I realized that I am way more suited to support. And recently I've been forced into a lot of situations where I needed to play a carry. And I have realized how... I'm bad at it, but not necessarily because I don't have the skills, because I have the wrong priorities. Yeah, totally. I have the same thing. I played support in Heroes of New Earth. I played support mostly in Warcraft 3, though, then I play mostly support now. So when I am forced to play a carry, I know that I am going to probably engage more than I should. So I have two ways of doing it. Either I choose a carry that can also farm by ganking a lot. Or I pick something like Anti-Mage where I just can't let myself so I know I will stay in the jungle and just farm. Yeah, I've just been trying to work on... Been trying to work on doing it more. You know, just just fighting that urge to go in. Um, and I don't know, like, I feel it's like... It's hard. It's hard. And also, like, it's... It's, oh, like... A game ends as a loss and you're playing a carry. And one of the things that's kind of that's kind of nice about playing a support is sometimes you're like, okay, there was nothing I could have done that game. You let's say you lose as as a random example as a tide hunter, um, and you're playing, you feel like pretty well, and it's like, well, I mean, I'm I'm playing tide hunter. There really isn't very much I could have done there. As a carry, you never have that excuse. As a carry, there's always something you could have done better, and maybe you couldn't have won the game by yourself. But if you lost, guaranteed you made mistakes there that you should have done better. I, I think that even as a support, that's true. But the, 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 the difference is how high an impact those decisions would have made. Well, and also how much you can tell, right? Like, as a support, it's like, okay, I probably could have done some things differently. But it's like, but we were getting stomped so hard, I'm not even sure what. But as a carrier, like, oh, I shouldn't have, I should have pushed when I got them all down. I shouldn't have stopped to farm. And, oh, I should have had my support stacking the ancients. Or, oh, I really itemized badly. Like, there's always a million things you can call out that you fucked up. Yeah. Though, like, I, in most of our games, I feel like it's never an individual player who fucks it. Well, okay, oh, that's sure. not true. Sometimes. <laughs> but usually it's not an individual player who fucks it. It's that... No, either nobody is willing to take the lead, or nobody is willing to follow the lead. Yeah, when communication comes... is just horrendous. Like for the those of those listening, we usually play just two or at most three players in a stack, and then go into ranked, and the the rest of our team doesn't always communicate as much as they should. And I mean, you know, we're not 
we're not going to sit here and pretend that we're the best players on every match we play. We are very often not. However, we are all about fucking communication. Yeah. And it really, like, I remember one game we had where we lost uh, pretty handily. And at the end of the game, our sniper, who was mid, was like, man, well, at least I pulled my weight. And I was like, no, we were getting ganked like crazy on every other lane. You had missing 90% of the game. You never left mid. So what if your kill death is good? You didn't communicate. You didn't respond to communication. You didn't move at all. You yeah. played terribly. Sometimes, as a carry, the correct decision is to stay in mid, even when the other mid is ganking. But you need to be able to take something with that. You need to be able to take that and get a farm advantage, and you need, and then take the tower, and then use that to go around and win the game. You can't just keep farming the entire game. Oh, and he was one of those snipers that hasn't realized that shrapnel doesn't damage towers anymore. So, maybe he was just a lost cause. Those people are interesting. There are so many of them. And like, like they I keep guess... saying that, oh, I cast it for vision, but like, why would you cast it directly on the tower? That's, yeah. that's not where you want vision. There won't be any enemy on the tower, because it's the tower. Yeah, I don't like, I don't know, sometimes I get reminded like, oh right, not everybody reads the patch notes the day they come out. Like, not everybody is, for as relatively unskilled as we are we pay a ridiculous amount of attention to what is happening in the game right i do because that's what the part i find really interesting about dota and about Mm -hmm. most games i want to learn how they work i want to dissect them and i want to like i want to know how everything works and i might not be the most efficient player in in terms of being able to farm the fastest but i know a lot of useless shit about the minute minute details about my abilities. Hooray! And lore. And lore. You know all no, about the lore, no. Johnny. I, the only things I know about the lore is what you tell me. Oh, the little glimpses into the world of horror that I grant you. Ugh. I never even knew it in Warcraft 3. Like, I I never bothered. I have... What little I've seen of the differences between Warcraft 3 Dota lore and Dota 2 lore, I never want to read any more warcraft 3 dota lore it okay. is so bad it is so bad like compared to like dota 2 is really ham-fisted and cheesy i won't get into it much but sometimes dota lore, 1 lore is outright offensive um, i have friends who think dota 1 lore is far superior i'm pretty sure that that edgy. is just like them being like no they've changed it so it's bad or because it's not as edgy now oh <laughs> <sighs> That's nice and mysterious. Well, you know. Uh, let's say that some characters have rape playing into their lore in Dota 1. And leave it at that. Okay. Yep. That's nice. So, I guess to close things out... Um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, we're going to try and keep this up... Um, we're thinking bi-weekly at the moment, but, you know, we're not too dedicated to a schedule. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do a podcast if we've got nothing to say at all. Yeah. Um. But, you know, we'll keep playing. We'll keep reading the patch notes and, you know, keeping up on what's new in the pro scene, which we didn't talk about at all because we're terrible. Um, Mostly because, like, 
I don't know how to figure out what to watch a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah, that should definitely be a conversation for next time, is, is what a mess it is trying to figure out what there is even to watch. Um, But as a parting thought, why does Bone7 still have a job? I mean, considering how volatile they... Honestly, I'm glad that they haven't... They haven't kicked him, because I think we see way too much moving around as it is in the scene. That's certainly true, but if we're gonna move around this much, I don't know. I guess I opened I don't, up... I, no, I, opened I don't up know either. Of, I opened up too much of a topic for a closing one, but we're gonna run it out anyway. Uh-huh. If you're gonna kick, like, Aoi 2000, how is Bone7 still on your team? What are you doing? Possibly, like, personal stuff? I don't know. I'm sure, like, I'm sure, but, like, at that point, like, at the point that you have your captain, Envy, who, frankly, if you if Cloud9 wants to win a major, you gotta kick Envy, too, and given that he's the one making the kicks, that's not gonna happen, but, like, at what point, Cloud9 is a bigger organization than just Dota 2. Cloud9 has teams in other games. Why are they not stepping in and being, like, Envy, what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. I, I really don't know anything about Clone9 outside of Dota, so I don't know how they usually handle things. Yeah, I guess I don't know enough, enough about their organizational infrastructure, but yeah, they have they have a league team that is pretty well thought of, and, you know. Huh. I don't know. I, uh, I used to be a Cloud9, I won't say fan, but I used to really enjoy watching their games and just... I, I did as well. Like, I... I... They were the underdog that I really enjoyed seeing do well when they did, and the way they handled the the kicks, you know, the late the the, the big pre DAC team shuffle, yeah, just made me lose so much respect for them. And even then, like they weren't that interesting during the the Asia Championships. Oh, that's not fair to say at all, Johnny. Did you see some of the stuff they did? Did you see Bone Seven? duel in illusion and then lose to the illusion did you see bone seven take the aegis when he was wraith king instead of letting ee get it did you see when they were all pushing the the mid tower and then they got split pushed by secret into the base base race and they needed to get back and none of them had tps they were pretty interesting at DAC, just for the That's wrong reasons. That's not the kind of interesting I want. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, by the definition that it was hard to believe, yes. Ah, oh, man. All right. Let's, well, let's end this. <laughs> yeah, that was enough. That's enough from us. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back in a, in you know around two weeks with more discussion. Until then, this has been uh. The Bottle Crow podcast, Dota 2 podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at at six two six four. That's uh, that's all words, but also we'll have it in the uh, in the comment section, the details section for this. Mm. And uh, Johnny is at uh, Johnny Warp Zone. Um, we both create respective contents on our sites. I'm on Scanline Media, and he is on Score Attack. Again, we'll have all that in the description. Um, yep. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And bye. Bye.